0: With bowl season in full swing, you still have time to jump in on all the great deals that MyBookies is offering right now. Of course, you can use our promo code UGA when you go to mybookie.ag and sign up for a brand new account, and you'll get a fifty percent bonus on that first deposit. So take advantage of that deal while it lasts. You've got a couple more weeks, but make sure you jump on it while you can. But all right, guys, I am your host Tyler, and yes, this is an emergency edition of the pod. I actually had an entirely different episode plans day, totally different topic, concept, but I had to throw that out the window because we've been waiting for some good news and we finally got it. So hopefully that brings some of you back from the edge because quarterback Carson Beck has finally announced that he is indeed returning for the 2024 season, giving a massive boost to our playoff hopes next season. So when something that big hits, we're not going to push that off for a couple of days, a week or so and come back when it's already old news. We're going to hit it while it's hot. And that's exactly what we are doing here today. And I want to start by simply just saying, I cannot overstate how significant this is to our chances to compete for a national championship in 2024. We all know the schedule. Y'all know, guys. There's a very good chance, a very real possibility, that we are going to have three road games against top 10 opponents next year in Alabama, Texas, and Ole Miss with with the way they're stacking things up with the transfer portal this offseason. No matter who's playing quarterback, it was always going to be a very difficult path back to the college playoff. But with Carson Beck, it certainly becomes a little less treacherous. Because as you guys all know, you watch college football just like I do. You're diehards diehard just like I am. If you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance. If you don't, it ain't happening. I mean, hell, just look at Florida State, right? I mean, it, terrible what happened with Jordan Travis. But when Jordan Travis goes down, they don't have a quarterback anymore. And yeah, I know they won those last two games against Florida and Louisville. But clearly, although everyone else on the team was still the same, it was the same team, just sans one player. And that one player happened to be your quarterback. If you don't have the quarterback you're not going to win at a high level. You're not going to win a championship. You're not going to win national title. It's that simple. That position in the modern day and age of college football, and really all levels of football, that position has simply become far too important. So if you've got one, doesn't mean you're going to win at a high level, but it means you've got a chance. If you don't have one, you're not winning a title. And ladies and gentlemen, with Carson Beck, we have a quarterback. In my opinion, it raises the ceiling of our 2024 team significantly and dramatically enhances our opportunity to win a national title. Obviously, still no guarantee. I mean, when you have a schedule like we have, and you got a a 12-team playoff, now you have to win potentially twice as many games as you used to have to win with a 14-team playoff. There's clearly no guarantee, but the, the odds of us winning a national title, in my opinion, just went up considerably with Carson Beck announcing he is returning for the 2024 season. And sure, I know some of you would say, well, like maybe Gunnar Stockton would have been as good as Carson Beck. We didn't know Carson was going to be this good until he was this good this year, so maybe Gunnar Stockton could be that guy next year, or maybe we get somebody from the transfer report that could be that guy. Yeah, the key word there is maybe. We don't know. It's just like the whole Dylan Riley situation, as we're going to get to here momentarily. Yeah, he, he might be great. He might be great, but you don't know. With Carson We know what we have. And you would like to believe, I mean, it's reasonable to believe now with a full year of experience, starting experience under his belt, he's only going to be better next year. Now, of course, there's no Brock Bowers and potentially, probably still at this point, no Lab McConkie, although there was no Lab McConkie for the majority of this season. So that certainly doesn't help matters. But Carson himself should be a better version of himself next year, right? That, That just, that makes sense. That stands to reason. And while losing a player the caliber of Brock Bowers, one of only three, three three-time All-Americans in Georgia history, the only tight end in the history of college football to win back-to-back Mackey Awards as the nation's top tight end, losing a guy like that is, is never a good thing, right? Like, you don't want to lose a guy like that. But when you're a program like Georgia and you recruit the way that we do, I know it sounds so cliche to say next man up, but in, in, in effect, that's, that's the situation we're in. We have plenty of players that are going to go out and make plays for us. Now, none of them are going to be Brock Bowers. So okay, let's make no mistake about that. Brock Bowers is different. He is special. He's unique. He's a three-time All-American for a reason because they don't make guys like that. But what we're going to see now are, is different players are going to have an opportunity to be featured in a way they were not last year. And while they're not going to do it the same way that Brock Bowers was able to do it, and while they might not be as dynamic as Brock was, because again, Brock is, a, I mean, can we say he's a once in a lifetime kind of guy? Maybe. I mean, just don't see guys like Brock with with the intangibles, plus the physical ability, the work ethic. I mean, you just don't see all of that in one package very often. So maybe not once in a lifetime, but I think the word generational is thrown on way too loosely, but I think it fits with Brock. I think it applies. I think Brock is a generational tight end talent. So no, we're not going to have a guy like that, but we have plenty of players that are going to be able to pick up the slack. Maybe not one guy alone, but collectively. We're also going to have a stronger running game next year with Branson Robinson coming back. That guy's going to be a stud. And Trevor Etienne, when, when he does end up coming to Georgia, which, and I say win, because, I mean, everything I'm hearing behind the scenes is, yes, that's happening. It's just a matter. It's kind of like with Carson. I mean, I've been telling you guys for almost two weeks now that... Carson was gonna come back because I was getting that from the best sources that I have, the people that I trust the most. Now my question became okay, well, why isn't he announcing? And then the longer it went on, the more nervous I got because it's like, okay, I I, I know I trust you, and you keep telling me he's coming back, but he's not actually saying that publicly. So is something changing? Because you know, these things change, right? Guys can change their mind when they're that age. Of course they can. You know, maybe an agent comes in and says, Hey man, you can you should go, you can make this money. I don't know. So I was getting kind of nervous, I'm not gonna lie. And I'm kind of in the same situation with Etienne right now. I still feel strongly, based on what I'm being told, that he is going to be a bulldog. You don't know until you know, I guess. But it, let's say if, if, if. Maybe I shouldn't say when. Maybe I should say if. Let's say if right now. I don't want to jinx us. If Etienne does commit to Georgia, you've got a one-two punch of Branson Robinson and Trevor Etienne plus the three-stud freshman we've got coming in. And you've got Roger Robinson. you got Andrew Paul. I know she will come back from the injury, but like, Whoa. Whoa, okay, that's different. We're also about to get some good news on the offensive line front. And with what I believe is just Carson's natural progression in his second four years as a starter, I absolutely believe that our ceiling is significantly higher with him on this team. So, you know, with, with the running back situation, the some of the offensive linemen coming back and some of the talent we have at the skill positions, all that's great, but I don't want to say it doesn't matter if you don't have the quarterback, but you're not going to maximize that talent without the quarterback. And it's going to be much harder for you to use that talent to get back to the basketball playoff and back to, again, hopefully winning a national championship. So again, I I just cannot overstate in my opinion. Others can disagree. That's fine. But in this humble man's opinion, I cannot overstate just how massive this is for Georgia's chances to get back to the Costco playoff and try to go for that third national title in four seasons. And I also think this was the right decision for Carson Beck. I mean, you guys know the quarterback draft class this year in the NFL draft. Carson could have potentially worked himself in to the late first round, potentially with a really nice combine showing, but there was no guarantee there. You know, maybe you find yourself late first round, early second round, and you're going to make some money doing that. But if you come back next year... And you make the kind of jump that that you expect to a guy to make in, from year one as a starter to year two as a starter, and cons- especially considering how good he was in his first year as a starter with all the talent he has around him, the big stages he's going to have to play on, a much less intimidating quarterback draft class to be a part of, and Carson could very reasonably work himself into like top 10 consideration, maybe even possibly an outside chance at the number one quarterback, at least to be in that conversation. We don't know yet. We gotta see how things play out next year. But I think what we saw from this year, it's reasonable to say there's at least a chance that all of that is on the table for Carson Beck. So I do think this was the right decision for him. And fortunately for us as a program, we get the chance to benefit from Carson and to come back for a second year as a starter in 2024. And look, we have issues on this roster. Carson coming back is not gonna solve all the things that we need to solve. Carson coming back is not gonna fix the issues that we had on the interior defense line last year. It's not gonna fix that. It's not gonna fix some of the pass rush issues that we've had on standard downs. It's not gonna fix that. But again, what Carson coming back gives us is a chance even if we fix all those things, right? we fix the interior defensive line issues, whether it's the transfer portal or a guy like Jordan Hall steps up, whether we fix that or whether we find somebody to, to be a more natural pass rusher on standard downs, whether those things happen or not, without Carson, I still don't know if that was not be enough for us to win national title next year. But with Carson, that possibility is there. And I'll say this, guys. I got this question from Justin, one of our long-time listeners. I appreciate it, man. I was going to save this for our next mailbag, which we might be running next week or maybe later this week. Who knows? We'll see. Had to switch some things around to, to run this emergency pod today. But I don't have the, the question in front of me right now, but off the top of my head, it was essentially, is Carson Beck the best returning quarterback in the SEC next season? And I think, again, my humble opinion I would say 100% yes. I know Alabama fans would scream at me and say, no, it's Jalen Milrow. Do you not see what happened in the SEC championship game? And it's like, okay, I think Jalen Milrow's a really talented player. I still don't think he knows how to play the quarterback position the way that Alabama would like him to play and like the NFL teams would want him to play. Now, maybe he makes that jump next year and he learns more of that. It's certainly reasonable in his second year as a starter. He did get better in that regard this year. I still don't think he goes through progressions naturally and consistently right now, but he's a great athlete. And that's something you have to account for. And that's something that Carson doesn't have. So, I mean, maybe it's, a matter of preference but I don't think there's any question that throughout the totality of the 2023 season Carson Beck was the superior quarterback I said that going into that game I still believe that I know that we didn't win the game I don't believe that was Carson's fault and did Carson play his best game no he did not I don't I don't think he was helped out by the by the offensive game plan and obviously some of the injuries that we were dealing with certainly didn't help things but I mean Carson was a stud for us all year long I don't know if we get to that game without Carson Beck and then you look at the guys like, I know next year, Jackson Dart clearly isn't going to get a lot of love. Oh, Miss is going to be a really good football team. He's going to be back for his third year as a starter. So he's going to be really good. But it's a lot like Jalen Milrow. Their offense is different. He, when you make him a passer he doesn't go through progressions naturally. He's not confident and comfortable doing so. He, he can, he'll start to force the football. He's not completely accurate with the football, especially down the field. He's really, really good with the RPO game, but they kind of have to have their run game going for that to really be a factor. So I think Jackson Dart is a really, really good fit for what Ole Miss wants to run with, with Lane Kiffin and, and Charlie Weiss Jr.'s offense but there is no way he's going to be drafted ahead of Carson Beck. Now, that, that doesn't mean that he's not necessarily a better college quarterback, but I still think what we saw this year, give me Carson Beck. He, he's the better college quarterback. Of course, there's Quinn Ewers also, but I, I still, I mean, Quinn Ewers got better this year. Now, in 2022, is a, his first year as a starter, I mean, so young guy, but he was, an, he was a disaster, like mean, really. like I, Most of the time, he was a disaster for them. I mean, missing wide open guys like consistently now this year he cut down that but it was still there to a degree I think he's a good player he's a talented player but he's he was not Carson Beck this year he was no way as good as Carson Beck now maybe next year year years a starter maybe possibly we'll see but based on what I know about these guys coming back going into 2024 I think 100 Carson Beck is the best returner based off what we know this point now we'll see how these guys progress for next year, but what we know right now, yeah, give me Carson back, so if you're going to say Georgia, even if you don't agree with me, you're going to say, well, maybe it's Jalen Milrow, maybe it's Jackson Dart, maybe it's Brady Cook, like, if you think it's somebody else that's the best quarterback in the league, that's fine, okay, like, you have your opinion, that's cool, but can we all agree, at the very least, Carson is in the conversation, and it's a negligible negligible difference, even if you don't think that he is the top quarterback in the league, and if that is the case with all the talent that he has around him throughout our entire 85 scholarship roster, that is going to give us a very strong chance to get into college football playoff and win national title, no matter what the schedule might look like. So incredible news. I finally feel some energy coursing through my body for the first time since prior to the SEC championship game. I've kind of been in this lethargic state for the better part of the last two, two and a half weeks, however long it's been. I feel like I kind of just been aimlessly going through the motions the past couple of weeks, but now, no, I've got some energy baby. Natty's back on. At least maybe. It gives me hope. And hope is a powerful drug, especially when you're facing 9 long months of an off-season coming up here. So yeah, great news, much needed news, just awesome for the Georgia Bulldogs. And we're not done yet cuz we have one other big piece of news to discuss, which I mean, I know you guys know what it is, but we're going we're going to call this a cliffhanger and we'll save that we get back from the break, but real quickly, I do want to remind you once again about our friends at my bookie. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch. I don't know if you're dialed in these early bowl games. I'm I'm just a college football junkie, so yes, I am that guy. I was watching it all day Saturday, and I was watching it earlier tonight. That's why I'm recording this episode a little bit later than I normally do. I was watching the Western Kentucky Old Dominion game, and yes, I stuck it out, y'all, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, Old Dominion jumped out to a 28-0 lead. I had Western Kentucky, I bet on Western Kentucky to, to win the game, and I was pissed, almost gave up, but I said, like, no, I mean, it's football, it's the only game i will let's keep watching, and you better freaking believe it, man, Western Kentucky came all the way back to win the football game down 28-0, but it wouldn't have mattered if I didn't have a little bit of money on it, with my bookie, so guys, I know the bowl season can be tough to bet on—who's playing, who's not playing, who's opting out—we don't know these things. You just look and you try to find out, but it—it it makes it fun. So obviously, bet responsibly, but make it a little bit more fun this bowl season by signing up for a brand new account at mybookie.ag. When you do so, use our promo code UGA, and you'll get a fifty percent bonus on that first deposit. So take advantage of it while you can, guys. I mean, seriously, we got like two and a half-ish weeks left. To take advantage of this deal, if they don't extend it, well, maybe they will. Maybe they'll extend it to the basketball season. We'll see. I'll ask them. We'll find out. But as of right now, I know it goes through the college football season, and that means you got about two and a half weeks. So jump on it while you can. Again, that's mybookie.ag promo code UGA, so you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with mybookie. All right, guys, we are back. As great as the Carson Beck news is, and as much as this fan base needed that win right now, because you guys know, I mean, you're on social media. I'm sure a lot of you are on message boards. I'm sure a lot of you have Georgia fans in your life. I know that you do. You know the general feeling around the Georgia fan base the past couple of weeks, right? After losing the, the, the SEC championship game, being left out of the college football playoff, fraudulently, in my opinion, but who cares what the dumb bald man thinks and all this transfer portal stuff. There has kind of been this general the sky is falling vibe around the fan base over the past couple of weeks. So this was much needed for the fan base, but as great as that was, Carson's return was not the only news of the day as noted poet laureate Dylan Riola finally made it official. He is flipping his commitment to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Look guys, the I don't have too much to add on this because we've talked about it enough already. I mean, we did two episodes essentially on it last week. So I think you guys kind of know where I stand on this. Now, if you haven't heard those episodes, you're tuning in because you saw the, the Carson Beck news, I'll just quickly lay it out for you. Cliff Notes version here. This is a business decision. There's no mystery why Dylan Riola has made the decision to flip from Georgia to Nebraska at the last second. Guys, he was supposed to be on campus Saturday, right? So this really went down a couple of days before he was supposed to enroll at the University of Georgia. There is no mystery behind why this went down and the impetus behind it. Clearly, Carson Beck's return had a lot to do with it. I would say it was the decisive factor. Now, NIL is certainly part of this as well. Nebraska did up their offer lately. They've had a, a significant NIL offer on the table for him the entire time, and the family ties have always been there. That's why I say like NIL, family ties. Sure, that's part of the, the reason and part of the rationale for why I moving to Nebraska, but that's a, an incomplete answer in and of itself because those two things were always there. What changed is Carson Beck's status, as I laid out last week. That was the driving force behind this decision, because the way they were looking, I was like, okay, well, yeah, family ties, NIL, but if we can come to Georgia, get some NIL money, we don't have the family ties, but you have a chance to start, potentially, in their mind, which I know a lot of us are like, what are you talking about? But in their mind, he, if Carson left, and they clearly seemed to think he was going to, he would have a shot to start as a true freshman at a power program, compete for a national title, and that was enough to, to kind of Outweigh the family ties and the NIL that Nebraska was offering. Well, without that opportunity, all of a sudden, like, why are we going to Georgia? And so, the NIL, the family ties, and now the chance to start potentially as a true freshman—a much more open path to starting as a true freshman. I mean, the bottom line is, at Georgia, there was going to be no competition. Carson Beck is the undisputed starter if he returns, which he did. As I've been trying to tell you guys for a couple of weeks, he's going to come back at Nebraska. No one can say he's for sure starting. Maybe they told him that. I don't know, but there's at least going to be a competition, and Dylan and his family believe he is he is that guy, and I told you on the last episode last week that, you know, this this was going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. Don't try to think, oh, yeah, maybe maybe there's a chance he'll come back to Georgia. No, I mean, it was a done deal. It was a done deal. It was just a matter. It's one of those, like, it's a matter of when, not if. It was going to happen, and look, Dylan Raiola, I, I'm not going to do this thing where I'm a, like, he's now going to Nebraska, so let's just like crush the kid and say he's terrible. We never wanted him in the first place. Like, no, none of that's true. We we all wanted Dylan Riola. He's still a very good player. Now, I I will say how this has played out. I think it does raise some questions. I think it's fair to say it raises some questions about how he might be built from an intangible standpoint. Because the reality is this guy has gone to four different high schools now. He's on his third different school he's been committed to. I guess he's officially going to Nebraska. But like committed to two other schools prior to that. And it seems to be like he has this, this history of potentially taking the, the easiest road to success, the, the easiest way out. And look, from a business standpoint, that makes sense. Like If your goal is to be in the NFL in three years and you think starting as a true freshman is going to help you accomplish that goal and put all that on tape, and it'll, that'll help you develop your skills faster. If that's what you believe, then more power to you. I get it from a business standpoint. It makes sense. And the guys like we know now more than ever, Kausha has become a business, not just for the athletic departments and the coaches, but for the players themselves. And understandably so. But I also have to question, like, how much about winning are you? Because if you're about winning, you're not going to Nebraska. Now, maybe he thinks he is the savior. In fact, like if you read his poem, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, yes. His poem that he wrote announcing his decision to officially flip to nebraska that's why i called him a noted po- poet laureate when uh when i introduced the, this segment here um you kind of get that vibe guys look i i don't know the kid he's 18 years old 18 year olds do dumb things they say dumb things apparently they write dumb poems that's the thing that 18 year olds do now i did a lot of dumb things can't say i wrote a dumb poem maybe i just wasn't talented enough to write a dumb poem i don't know but i was 18 did dumb things you guys are all 18 did dumb things but man, um, okay. So if you missed this, I'm, let me just read this. Okay, God, dear God, I just can't believe I'm actually reading this out loud. I had to like quadruple check this to confirm that this thing was like real. That I wasn't being gaslit. Like someone was just like pulling a fashion on me. But this is what he wrote. Like this, this was his announcement. It was there was no like respect my decision. It was in the realm of college dreams where purpose takes flight. Enter Dylan Raiola, crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia, where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart, brightly beamed. In the scarlet and cream where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rogier, and Crouch, a hero, a hero in the line. No longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with an even grander ambition unseen. So fellow fans await, with hope in the air for Dylan to choose, His purpose to declare in a weekend's decision, destiny calls to fulfill his purpose where a new destiny enthralls. Bravo, I mean, bravo. Again, the guy's 18 years old, but we're also allowed to have some fun with this. I don't really blame him so much as the people around him. Like, did he not show this to anyone? And if he did, did no one in his inner circle, his family, his agent, Nebraska, like no one said, uh... Maybe let's go a different route. It's just that's, that's hilarious, man. I I mean good guy, that's uh that's good stuff, dude. Yeah, good stuff. Again, 18 years old, we we do dumb things. I did many dumb things, dumb things way dumber than this. But this one, uh, this is uh this is different. This is a new one for me. And I don't know how much we should read into this, but in this poem you've written to announce that you're flipping to Nebraska, you refer to yourself as a hero in the line? I don't know about y'all. It's a little cringy to me. 18-year-olds can be cringy. It happens, but I don't love that. I mean, you certainly want these players to be confident in their abilities, but let's leave it for other people to call you a hero. Let's not dub ourselves a hero I and mean, maybe I'm old school I know I am an old man now like I'm the dude that sits there and watches football games and and like all the crazy trash talking when somebody like makes a play on a dude and tackles a guy when he's make a 15-yard game they get up like talking trash and like you know getting in their face and like dude he he just got a first down man like they're not first in goal but you're talking trash like when you're down 21 points you're talking trash I'm that old school guy now who's like what are you doing like no this is not how this supposed to, this is supposed to work so yeah, I'm an old school guy, but I've always just been raised to feel like it was someone else who was supposed to call you the hero. The hero is not supposed to tell everyone else that they are the hero. People are supposed to tell you that you are the hero. So I mean, a, a little bit of a red flag, and like I don't know the kid. I mean, it's just a poem. Like how much to read into it, I don't know, but not the greatest look, um, and then like from a Georgia standpoint, look, like he's not actively trying to call us out, I don't think this is a bad kid, I mean, everything I've ever heard about him behind the scenes is like, he's actually a good dude, so I, I, I still believe that, I want to believe that, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but when you're like, I mean, you're talking like, I could have done without, let's just say this, I could have done without the part was like no longer a cog in some powerhouse machine once lured by georgia i don't love the word choice there and the implications behind that but whatever i've got much bigger things to worry about than what some 18 year old wrote about in a poem i just found it weird cringy and also hilarious but anyway back to the matter at hand here look the guy once starts at true fresh and i think that's at the core of this decision and that's fine. If he really believes, if he and his family really believe that he is capable of starting as a true freshman for a, a contending team, although Nebraska is not going to be contending for much next year, but if they believe that, and if they believe that's in his best NFL interest moving forward, then okay. like that, That's cool. If that's what you guys believe, if, that, if that's important to you, go for it. I, I'm not going to hold any grudges against you for that. But I'll also say this. I think that dude, and maybe more so even his family, I don't know exactly who's behind the decision, but whoever's behind the decision, you are living on a different planet if you ever really thought that was going to happen at Georgia. Even if Carson went pro, if you really thought that Dylan was going to start as a true freshman at Georgia, you are living in outer space because teams compete for national titles. Just don't do that. He would truly have to be, again, I I used this word earlier, so I don't want to, I hate throwing this word around loosely, and I'm not going to apply it to Dylan because we don't know yet, but he would truly have to be a can't-miss generational quarterback for that to be the case. And those guys are extraordinarily rare. I mean, you think about a guy like Deshaun Watson didn't even start full-time as a true freshman. Trevor Lawrence didn't start full-time as a true freshman. Bryce Young did not start as a true freshman. CJ Stroud did not start as a true freshman. Tua didn't even start as a true freshman until he did in the last second. Joe Burrow did not start as a true freshman. Bo Nix did, but they also didn't come close competing for national title when he started as a true freshman. You just don't see true freshmen start for teams that have a legitimate chance to win national title because true freshmen are not ready to compete at that level more often. I mean, in almost every case, in almost every case, you can't say every case, but in almost every case. Now, as I said last week, Nebraska is in a very different place as a program. They are in a position where they can afford to take a few bumps the first year or two of Dylan O'Reilly starting, if he does indeed start as a true freshman, in the hopes that that builds to some something bigger and better, greener pastures down the road. Well, that's not the position we are in as a program. We are in a position to compete for national titles now, and the potential of starting a true freshman certainly could derail that, at least in the short term. So I do think it was rather delusional for anyone in that family, anyone in that circle to really, truly believe that Dylan had a shot to start at Georgia as a true freshman. I think that's insane, but hey, I mean, if you believe, you believe, and, and you go do you, which he clearly is. So that's essentially where I am on this. I laid that out last week, For but again, for those of you who might have missed those episodes, I just want to give you a quick little summary on kind of where my mind was with this Dylan Raiola information. Now, here's something that I haven't put out there. This is new for me. I've been thinking about this, like because I have been trying to understand my own feelings and my own emotions, because this is new to me being in a situation where we lose a guy who is, depending on what recruiting service you look at, the number one quarterback in the country, number two player in the country, or at least formerly the number one quarterback in the country, one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the country, a, a clear five-star in everyone's eyes, right? A lot of people call him a can't miss kind of guy. That, that word again, generational, has been thrown around talking about Dylan Riola. Raiola. I don't know if I believe that, but that term has been thrown around. But in the past, younger Tyler would have lost his mind. Like I, I told you earlier, I've been kind of, in kind of this like lethargic state since the SEC championship game and being left out of the playoffs, well, that would have been brought on in the past by losing a guy of Dylan Raiola's caliber, at least in terms of his recruiting ranking. I would have gone into a deep, depressive state. Let's just call it what it is. That's exactly what would have happened. But not only do I not find myself in that deep, depressive state that previously I would have found myself in, I'm legitimately not even the slightest bit phased by that. And this is not me trying to rationalize things. This is not me trying to compensate. Like, No, I I'm telling you guys, honestly, truthfully, I sit here right now, Scouts Honor, I am not remotely bothered by this. And I've been trying to like, dig deep and figure out like, why not, because um, that's weird, because the Tyler I know um, definitely would have been phased by something like this. And I think it really just comes down to where we are as a program and what we have experienced the past couple of years. And this is not me saying that now I'm just numb to success. No, no, I dude, I, I still live and die with every single snap. Like, I mean, I can, har- I, I can hardly watch games sometimes, like in the moment, because I get so worked up about it. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you would have told me, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, if you would have told let's say 25-year-old Tyler, that one day we would get to the level as a program where I would not blink at the number two player in the country, arguably the number one quarterback in the country, a clear five-star in everyone's eyes, that I would not blink at losing a guy like that less than a week before signing day when he's been committed for, what, six months or so. There is no way I would have believed you. I just could not have fathomed it. But yet here we are. Because I know, I feel it deep in my bones that our program is bigger than Dylan Riola. I do not live and die with every single recruit these days. I still live and die with every single snap, every single game. Yeah, I do that. But when it comes to recruits, I don't live and die with every single recruit, even like with losing guys to transfer portal, Like we talked about, you know, Pop Dumas Johnson and, and Marvin Jones Jr. In the past, like I know some of you guys are are still concerned about that. In the past, I would have been right there with you, freaking out about that. But I, I'm not anymore because, again, I believe our program is bigger than Dylan Riola. I think our program is bigger than Pop Dumas Johnson. In the past, that was not the case. We could not afford from a roster standpoint to lose guys of that caliber. I'm not gonna say that we were in the same position as Nebraska, but we were much closer to that than the program that we are now. I might not have liked the way that Dylan phrased his poem. It might not have set right with me. I think some of the things that maybe he was trying to imply or maybe he unintentionally implied, but I mean, I don't have an issue with him calling us a powerhouse machine. That's who we are, that's what we are as a program right now. And powerhouse machines do not fall apart when one small piece leaves even if it's a small piece as talented as Dylan and Raiola and it would be one thing if it was Dylan Raiola or bust for us like if we were all in on Dylan and it was like either him or nothing yeah, maybe it's a different story, and I would feel a little bit different. Maybe if we didn't have the quarterback room set up, maybe if Carson wasn't coming back, and we didn't have Gunnar Stockton, we didn't have Ryan Puglissi in the room also coming in this year, a guy who I am really, really high on. We'll talk more about him here in a second. And if we didn't have the, the possibilities of the transfer portal now, which we used to not have, like you had to recruit these guys. Now with the portal, it's like, well, there's like former five-star guys, big-time players, in the portal every single year at that position you can go grab one you can win one I mean LSU went and grabbed Joe Burrow a couple years back from Ohio State and they put together maybe the best team in college ball history Washington went and grabbed Michael Penix from Indiana and where are they two years later oh yeah college playoff Oregon went and grabbed Bo Nix from Auburn and where were they yeah in the Pac-12 title game almost one game away from being in the college ball playoff Texas went and grabbed Quinn Ewers from Ohio State and where are they oh yeah they're in the college ball playoff Hell, Jordan Travis, they're not in the playoff, but Jordan Travis, let's not forget, guys, was a transfer guy. He didn't start his career at Florida State. You can go and get you one at the quarterback position in the portal these days. So, again, it would be different if it was like Dylan Rydler or Buss. Like, it's 2011. It's like, if, if we don't get this guy, then we got nothing in the quarterback room, And, like, now that sets our program back, like, three or four years. Yeah, it'd be different. But, again, that's not where we are. That's not where our program is. That's not the world of college football now. So, it's not as though we are left without answers. We have Gunnar Stockton. We have Ryan Plaglisi, and we have whatever big quarterback recruit is next because that's the thing, guys. There will always be a next one, a next great quarterback recruit as long as Kirby is here. Now, these five-star guys we recruit don't tend to ever really do much at Georgia. We tend to have guys like Stetson Bennett step in and and Jake Fromm, the Jacob Beasts and the Justin Fields, both transferred out and never really panned out. But you can at the very least say Kirby at Georgia has had no issues recruiting top quarterbacks. So this one might go elsewhere. He might go to Nebraska. He's all those family ties. And let's go back to the form. What, what did he say here? Where his legacies entwine. But we'll be right back in the mix for another top quarterback next year. We'll be right back in the mix for another one in 2026. Because that is the kind of program that we have. I've just seen these guys come and go. I've seen Jacob Beeson come and go. I got so excited when we got him. And then I you know see how it works out. Justin Fields, same thing. I remember being in the car when he actually came in. I was watching it on my phone I was watching his commitment ceremony on my phone, and I was freaking out. I, I was—I think I was going to a game. I forget what game I was going to, but I remember my wife driving, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching. Them. I'm like, "Let's freaking go!" And then he leaves, and you're kind of like, you're like, I don't want to say devastated at that time because we still had Jake Fromm, but it was also like, God, man, like I really wish Justin would stay. And we've seen how it all works out, right? I've like, I, I just—we've been there, we've done that. I've seen this this story before, so the perspective of those years and those experiences, and just understanding where we are as a program, it leaves me in the situation where. I just don't really get affected by one guy's decision. Now, if we had like a mass exodus from our 2024 recruiting class and like everyone started to leave, they followed him, then it's like, okay, whoa, 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 okay. Now everybody's leaving? Well, I don't know if we're bigger than all of those guys. That's that's a totally different story. But it's one guy and we also have this this other guy, Ryan Puglisi, in this class, who I think has a higher ceiling long term. He's not To that point right now, Dylan is certainly ahead of him and more advanced and more polished at this point, but he's also had elite-level coaching basically his entire life. Puglisi's had elite-level coaching for two years since he went to Avon Old Farms. So I love what we still have in our quarterback room right now. I love the possibilities of what we can get in the transfer portal when and if we need to, and I love the future... Of, of the quarterback recruiting out of high school. I think that we have some really good options. I mean, Juju Lewis is a guy that's going to be in play for us. I know he's currently committed to USC. I understand that. But he's still listening, guys. He's still coming to visit. So uh, that, that one's a long way off a 2026 commitment. Let's not forget that Brock, I know Brock Griff never started in Georgia, and he's gone to Kentucky. Let's not forget that he was committed to Lincoln Riley for a year or two before he committed to Georgia, before we were able to flip him. So I'm just saying, like— That's certainly a possibility now, especially with Dylan Raiola being out of the equation. There may be a little bit of class separation there. Maybe that opens the window for us a little bit more with a guy like Juju Lewis. I don't know that. I'm just saying it's possible, guys. And like I said last week, as long as Kirby Smart is here, I just don't worry about these things. I used to, like even when Kirby got here, the beginning of his tenure, yeah, I would worry about these things. I was I kind of had a habit of doing that. But the man has shown me enough for me to, to trust him. All right, I trust the man. When I say I think he's the best coaching college football i mean it and if i believe that then why would i worry about it which is a nice segue to our last topic of the day but before we get there i do quickly want to remind you guys about our wonderful friends at alumni hall yes guys we are it's monday i'm recording this monday night so we are now officially one week away from christmas the countdown is on so there's still time if you're looking for those last second gifts for all the georgia fans in your life or who knows maybe you just kind of want to get yourself a little something i won't tell anybody it's all good treat yourself whoever you're shopping for make sure to pick up the best christmas gifts possible for all the georgia fans in your life and also again maybe yourself at alumni hall because alumni hall has the best selection of georgia gear anywhere guys they have all the best brands they got nike nike golf they've got cutter and buck they've got peter millar they've got johnny o which i love they got southern Tide. they got all of it man anything you want trust me they've got it men's selection women's selections kid selections home and office stuff stuff for your car whatever you want just take my word for it guys they've got it. So check them out today, either in-store, inside the X british Shopping Center here in Athens or online at alumnihall.com because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldog shop. All right, guys, final thing I have for you here today is we got to talk about Kirby, the PR man. If you think that this was purely a coincidence that Carson Beck, announces his intentions to return for the 2024 football season. And then just about an hour after that, maybe even slightly less than an hour after that, Dylan Ryla goes on ESPN and announces his flip to Nebraska. If you think that's just purely coincidental, then you must also believe that a fat little man in dazzling red velvet is going to slide his large self down your chimney here in a couple of days, all without you knowing it. There is no way that is a coincidence guys that is not how kirby smart operates if you believe it's a coincidence you have not been paying attention this is a kirby trademark the man has his finger on the pulse of this fan base and beyond that, on the pulse of the national college football world at large. Now, he made Dane that he's just totally unaware of the world outside butt's mirror. And he does that, guys. If you watch his press conferences, which I know most of you do, or at least listen to a couple of them, you know, whenever a reporter asks him about, you know, hey, what, what, do you, what do you think about, you know, what people are saying? Or what comments do you have on, on this narrative going on in the college football world? Now, he acts like he has no clue what you're talking about. He looks at them like they're from outer space. But trust me, guys, the man knows. He knows. He knew what was going to go down today. He knows, guys. Like he has contacts. He knows. He got wind of when Dylan was going to go on and what was going to happen today, around what time. And here's the thing, guys. The dude, the dude is a savage. He's an absolute savage. Not only did he have Carson Beck teed up to make his announcement to clearly blunt the effect of the Ryola flip and to kind of combat that narrative, the, the inevitable narrative that was going to build off of that 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 flip. But he had Carson go first to emphasize that Rihola's decision is related to Beck returning and not Nebraska's like pulling a fast one on George on the two-time thing national champion. At least we can say that for another couple weeks. You might think that he is just a bumbling idiot. Like my, my mother-in-law, who I love dearly. Now, part of this is because she was a massive Mark Rick fan. She still loves that man. And I still love the man. So she had a hard time warming up to Kirby Smart because she kind of felt like he was the imposter kind of coming in and stealing Mark Rick's job. But she always like makes fun of his haircut and and you know to her he'll never be Mark Riggs. So he's just he's not as smart as Mark Rigg. He's just an old Southern boy, he's a good old boy. But no, guys, he he may give off that impression. Like he, he may have that look. And I'm not gonna say he doesn't, but the dude is savvy. The dude gets it. And I've been telling y'all for a couple weeks again that I've been hearing behind the scenes being told by people I trust very much so that Carson was coming back. At first, it was he was leaning towards coming back. The coaches were talking to him, and he was leaning that way. And it was like, no, he's coming back. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he's going to make the announcement like, soon? And they're like, well, I don't know. We'll see. And I have to admit, the longer it went on, the more concerned I got. So I just got done telling you that I don't worry about these things. But losing a guy like Carson Beck and the potential of what our team could be if he does return, that is the kind of thing that I still do bat. And I, like I still get concerned. I still freak out about those things. Because that could potentially be the difference between us winning a national title and not winning a national title this year. So the more it goes on, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, what's happening, man? Like, is he having second thoughts? Does he change his mind? Like, guys can change your mind on these things. Like, are, are, what's going on? So I'm freaking out. I'm asking people, like, like just chill out, man, chill out. Like, It's going to be okay. He's going to make it in his announcement when, at, at the right time. And so I'm like, okay, 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 all right, I got gotcha. you. But you also can't help but worry a little bit when it's something of, of that magnitude. But now I get it. Now it all makes sense. I don't want to say this was an order from Kirby because these guys can announce whatever they want to announce, whatever they want to announce it. Technically, he doesn't really control that, but I would say it was a uh, a request from Kirby at the behest of Kirby that he hold off for the right time, the right moment, and the right moment being today. Because let's not forget, guys, I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this. I think most of you probably are. But he did a charity event. Carson did a charity event with Academy Sports yesterday. And that's where he announced he's coming back for the Orange Bowl. Like, they asked him, you know, he did answer some questions. And he was asked about the Orange Bowl. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play in the Orange Bowl. But then he was pressed on it. So, okay, what well, does that mean you're coming back for the 2024 season? He's like, ah, I haven't made my mind up. He was waiting. He was waiting for today. And I have no evidence that Kirby was behind that. It was at the behest of Kirby. But again, if you pay attention to these things the way that I do and the way I know most of you do This is not the first time this has happened. Whether it's guys hitting the transfer portal, whether it's recruits flipping and we announce another recruits commitment like that morning or the next day or later that day to blunt the force of the potential PR hit, Kirby's done it many a time, many a time since he's been here, guys. And we all know Kirby is a hell of a football coach. The way he gets the, this team prepared, the way he gets these guys motivated, the, the technician that he is, and the things that he demands from our players, like he is a hell of a football coach. But I would argue, I think there's a strong argument to make, and I think I would make the argument that he might be an even stronger CEO, like in terms of running our program. Because guy's like, this is, I mean, he calls it an organization all the time. It is an organization. We call it a program. This is an organization that Kirby Smart runs. I truly believe that If he hadn't become A college football coach I think he could have become A a CEO of a, of a major company I, I truly believe that Because that's what he does He just does in the context Of college football And I just think This is yet another example Of a master PR move By Kirby Smart I know some of you Want to say I'm giving him Way too much credit And it's just coincidental That's fine If you believe that cool. I mean, you can believe what you want to believe. I would just respectfully disagree because I have seen this story far too many times. It's just too coincidental. There's no way that's purely coincidental. Not when Kirby has a history of doing this type of thing. But all right, guys, I think that does it for me today. I think that's all I got for you. I want to give you my thoughts on both stories. Obviously, the great news the car's coming back, and then, I, I mean, it's not good news that Dylan Riley is going to Nebraska, but... I also don't think it's devastating news, but let's just say the the not-so-good news that Dylan Riola is going to Nebraska, the expected news, the unsurprising news that's going to Nebraska, we all kind of knew that was happening. But last thing I'll leave you with here, and I said this last week, but I'll say it one more time. A little good news, a little bad news. So where does it all come out in the wash? For me, today was a hell of a day because I still maintain, as I told you guys last week, if I had to choose between Carson Beck coming back for one more year and losing out on Dylan Riola because of that, or Carson going pro and getting Dylan Rello for three years, give me Carson Beck back for one more year, a thousand times out of 1,000, zero questions asked all day, every day. Because he is the known quantity. We know he is an elite college quarterback. We think maybe, possibly, kind of, sort of, could be Dylan could be that guy. We don't know, though. So at the end of the day, I think that we took a giant step towards winning another national title in 2024. No guarantee is going to happen, of course, but we took a giant step towards that goal with Carson announcing he is indeed coming back for a second year as a starter. But all right, guys, I am officially out of here. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here. I will be back one more time later this week to recap the early signing day. We will go heavy on the recruiting talk that episode, which we haven't done in a while, really not since the summer. But with the 2024 season winding down, now is the time to refocus our attention on the recruiting front and what this team is gonna look like next year. So I will see you guys back here later this week. I'm Tyler, and of course, as always... Go Dolls!